Welcome everyone to the Inspire Wire podcast. I'm your host, Tom Murphy. And for all you guys who are new to the show, welcome. And uh, this show, we know we talk about a lot of interesting, thought provoking questions, ideas, people, and um, a lot of cool topics. And today's guest is my former high school football coach. Ken LaChapelle over at Northbridge High School. He's been doing it. He's been coaching at Northbridge for 48 years. And he is currently the winningest head coach for high school football in Massachusetts history. uh, With, I believe, over 350 wins. Um, It was great to talk to him. He's a great coach, great guy. Um... Always uh, was a big role model for me. Um, learned a lot from him and from all the coaches at Northbridge. And uh, was really thrilled that he was able to come on the podcast. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. So let's go straight to the interview. one of the people I really want to talk to is you because it's, you know, thinking back in, you know, high school and, and in my experiences, you know, high school is such a very, um, significant time for a lot of people. And when you have like something that means a lot, I feel like when I was in Northbridge, you know, you had, you know, your obligations and whatnot, but then, um, high school football and the tradition of Northbridge kind of stuck out because it was like so big everybody told you about it you'd be in eighth grade you'd be hearing about the stories from like this player that player or the coaches and all that kind of stuff so I definitely wanted to get the head coach Ken LaChapelle and I appreciate you for coming on the podcast well I heard that you had this podcast and I've heard it was uh set up near a pool table so you know this is exactly what I expected and uh, and obviously uh, I love to hear from my players former players they're very special to me and and so this is a special time just for me also uh, yeah well that's I mean I appreciate that it's uh always good to hear I haven't talked to you like it's hard because like I remember having conversations, obviously a head coach and a and a quarterback, you know, we have our own relationships, um, but we never got to really talk, you know, one-on-one for a long time. So this will be interesting. I get to learn more about you and, and you and me. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's go. But um, so as far as um, we were talking earlier uh, off, off uh, not recording, talking about, you know, what, like you were asking me about my job and I was just saying how it's difficult because a lot of like people change and I've through the course of college especially for me I was always like my mentality had changed and and I'm introduced to new and interesting um, topics and then like my whole idea of what I want to do or who I want to be with or what I want to read whatever changes and and it seems like you have kind of stayed the course. You've been at Northbridge your entire life. You grew up there, and you've been a head coach now for how many years? Let's just begin the 43rd as head coach, and it'll be my 48th year at Northbridge. 
Wow. To total. Yeah, and um, and maybe, I, I mean, maybe Northbridge has always been the place you want to be, but it seems hard to imagine that this is like you've envisioned that your entire career. Well, uh, one thing about my, myself, and, and you talked about it earlier, is that our personalities sometimes dictate uh, what direction we're going to go into. Right. And because of that, we our personalities may conflict, may jive with someone else down the road. Yeah. And, uh, and again, that, that becomes the influence as you move along in time. Uh, when we were in Northridge, uh, of course, that's where I was brought up. I, I, I moved to Northridge around 12. We did live in Grafton okay. at one point All in right. time. And, um, and the one thing that every one of us as youngsters, we try to find what we're good at. Right. And what we're good at. And, and I think it's important is from parents' perspective also to find out what your kids are good at and try to direct them. Right. Uh, I was kind of a little punky kid in school. Oh, I yeah? was kind of mouthy. I went to a, a St. Peter's, a Catholic school. Okay. And, uh, but the one thing I seemed to be good at was athletics. Yeah. Just, uh, just naturally. I, yeah. I, that's all I can tell you. I have memories of playing Little League, but it's more yard play that it was. Uh, yeah. that. And so what happened was uh, early on, uh, I went to St. Peter's, and of course, up until uh, eighth grade. But around sixth grade, I was playing Little League, and I was pretty good at it. And uh, and so my father came to me one time and wanted to know if I wanted to go to the junior high school uh, because they had athletics. Uh, Northridge Junior High had um, basketball, and they had baseball. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe he was smarter than I thought at that time, realizing we got to find something for him. Otherwise, he's going to be in trouble all the time because <laughs> uh, me and the nuns, we didn't get along too well. And That's I think funny. it was more me than the nuns. Yeah. And so what happened was uh, I did eventually go to Northridge Junior High in grade seven. And I came across the person that probably influenced what I'm doing right now more than anything. And that was Coach Vic Savizi, and okay. he was a physical education teacher. All right. uh, he was a guy that had a, uh, just his appearance. He just had that air presence. about him, his yeah. presence. Absolutely right. And, uh, and so for the very first time, I had an organized class called physical education, yeah. PE. Prior to that, all my fun was at recess. That, yeah. was, that was it at that time in elementary school. And uh, I just spent, I, I know the first six months there, I just loved that class and I loved that guy. Yeah. And I said at that time, and I can remember back in seventh grade, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And um, believe it or not, that was the only thought I had in my head as we moved along and, and, and going through junior high and then going through high school and deciding what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a physical education teacher and I wanted to coach. And... Um, and again, I started at Northbridge in 1970. The, I was only away the four years. Prior to that, I played at Northbridge. Yep. And uh, so I was away for the four years right. at school and came back, and I've been there ever since, and that started in 1970. So I've been there quite a while. And But again, that fits my personality. Anyone who knows me, I'm a homebody. I don't yeah. want to go anywhere. Yeah. I'm content, you know. Right. For a long time, I had the same kids, same wife. Uh, <laughs> I, ha I had the same exactly. same house. I had the same job, and and I was very content with that. And and dealing with all the players that I have over the years, 
that isn't always the case. You know, the, yeah. you, you're experiencing now maybe some changes in your life or changes in your thinking. Uh, you might want to try to do something different. But uh, uh, somehow, right along the way, I knew what I wanted to do, and I was very fortunate to do it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean that's amazing that it worked out for you like that. Um, but when you were talking about how you, you found that your gift, uh, you were gifted in athletics, um, you said you also wanted to coach. Now, you didn't know at the time that you would be a very gifted coach as well, but it, it's, it seems like that's something that you kind of had intuition on, that you really liked to interact with other people and, and teach them what you knew. Well, uh, first of all, I don't think I was any different than anyone maybe at 13, 14, 15. The first thing I wanted to do was be a professional athlete. Yeah, there you go. And, and then it didn't take long to realize, yeah. you know, you're five foot six. You, you, yeah. That's not going to happen. And um, I got my first start coaching at 15. Right. There was a, 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 a great guy in town. His name was Holly Buma. Okay. And for some reason, I don't know, I don't know exactly how this worked out, but he called me and asked if I wanted to coach a, a, a 13-year-old team. And I was 15, maybe 16 at that point in time. And that was my first opportunity to do some coaching, and it was a baseball team. Yeah. And uh, I liked it. And, and, uh, and again, uh, you know, the, the first thought of being a professional athlete, well, it didn't work out. It wasn't going to work out. But what else could I do to stay in athletics? And that's where the teaching comes in. And again, remember, uh, the person I spoke about, uh, Vic Savizzi, he was a teacher, and he was an assistant football coach. He was the head track coach, very successful. And um, it, it just was sort of a natural fit that uh, you teach and you coach. And, um, and that's, that's how it happened. And uh, the success that we've had here at Northbridge, and please understand, I really mean this, we have, right. is between all the players, and it just isn't one person. Great coaches over the years. I've been very proud of the time that guys who played for me coaching uh, at Northbridge and I think we all came together and uh, and, I, and I've always said uh, we've had a good kind of athlete come out of Northbridge it, oh, it, it fit well and you know we've been successful in football but we've also been successful in baseball definitely. basketball and yeah. you know you guys have experienced all that so um, there's definitely times you're going to look back and something's going to have influenced you whether it's a person uh or just a philosophy, or just a feeling, or just something in your life that's going to sort of direct you. I was just fortunate that it happened when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Yeah, and that's, you know, it seems like, I don't know, I've been talking to, you know, I played college football and baseball at Williams, it's a D3 school, but I got to talk to some of my teammates, you know, about their programs, about you know, sports in their town, whatnot, or it may have been, you know, other high school programs that I got to know other people from different towns. But I don't know, it just seemed like at Northbridge, you know, specifically football, it was um, something that carried a lot of weight. And, um, and you kind of got that sense from early on. And you talked uh, just now about how players will want to come back or alumni from Northbridge, you know, always you know, we have a good community that you've kind of created. Um, what can you say as to how 
you've kind of created this culture. I mean, obviously, a lot of it has had to do with um, the the family that you had, which um, you know is is um, you know has been great, and then also just the community. I don't know. It's just um, trying to understand how it's been created. Just it seems like a you know something based off of your personality. Uh, there's never a solid formula. You, you just don't know what's going to start it and what it's going to keep going. And, and I know a lot of people talk about family. And family comes in different packages. It comes within your blood family. It comes in the family that you may work with or the family that you may coach with or play with. And uh, so it's, it's used kind of loosely, but uh, it starts with having a, a passion or a love for something. Right. And let's face it, with our families, we have that passion. We have that love. In this case, I, I sort of loved football. And I, had, I worked for the first five years uh, under a coach, Joe Jackman, who was a friend of mine. And uh, he played at Northbridge five or six years before me. And uh, I, I learned a lot just in those four or five years. So you try to develop a philosophy uh, of, uh, of what you're doing. In this case, it was football. And as you move along, uh, you just got to try to figure things out. And when you're 26 years old as the head coach, you are just trying to figure things out. But along the way, uh, I think consistency becomes very important. And as time went on, uh, I've had a few superintendents ask me, how do you guys do it? And my suggestion to them is when you hire someone, try to hire someone that's going to be there for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And if you look back and you look at, I could say to you, uh, who are your coaches during that time? And if you think about our coaching staff, they were always together. Yeah. There, there might have been a change here and there, but for the most part, um, we yeah. got together. And so I like to think that part of that thing was creating that family again, getting people you can trust, getting people who come in on this. And the other thing uh, is how can you develop the, the philosophy that you that makes you successful? Right. In our case, and it happened before me, was Joe Jackman, who was a he played Northridge and he was a center. Yeah. But he had a great offensive mind. He loved to throw the ball. Yeah. And we've had a reputation going as far back as 1970 yeah. about Northbridge throwing the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and so we sort of clung to that. And I followed through with what he uh, gave me. And uh, it's become very successful. Yeah. And uh, to the point where um, people commented even to this day about uh, – us being a throwing team, yeah. and but it's it's like anything else. Uh, we stuck with it. Right. I, I believed in it. Yeah. And we just did it. And yeah. And it seemed like um, that was a lot. It was a very uh, revolutionary back in the day to be throwing the ball so much. Now maybe not so much. I mean, a lot of high school programs, even to the point where I was in there, were still doing those. Um, run every down type plays like the wing T double wing type things. But uh, it seems like, you know, nowadays everything's kind of all over the place. Is that not, how has it changed? Has it? Well, it, it's changed because I think everyone is doing what we were doing 25. Yeah. You, you know, uh, let's face it. I'm not saying we were always innovative there, but uh, I've always said this to, to coaches. Everyone has the same plays that I have, yeah. that we have. They just don't have the balls to call the place. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I believe that strongly. Uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to have a reputation of, of, of being, uh, 
how do I want to say this? Unpredictable. Yeah. Predictably unpredictable. I guess that's the best way to put it. And it's worked well for us. Yeah. And and you know it yourself. It's not just me. Northridge football has a reputation. You never know what they're going to do. Yes. And, you know, we spent 43 years doing that, and it's been successful for us. Trust me, there are a lot more people out there who know a lot more about football than I do. Yeah. But. So, I mean, and, and that philosophy, I think, is unique because um, it, it's not only the offense that you guys have created as somewhat of a aggressive mentality as well. Like, uh, I remember, you know, playing – you know, uh, senior year, just thinking, trying to think of how many times we punched the ball. And it was just like, uh, I don't remember because it was just like having that attitude, you know, breeds, you know, a winning mentality. And a lot of times when you're, when your coach or your leaders on your team don't have that aggressive mentality, that's why you don't win the game. And I think that's something that I've noticed at Northridge for, the entire time I've been there and uh, and the entire time I've watched Northridge is that aggressive mentality. I think that that coaching style is, is, is important. So especially in high school. But then again, we're seeing that throughout the colleges now. Yep. You know, you, everyone's got a spread offense, but they're not afraid to do anything within it. Yeah. And uh, and I, I think I'd like to think we've done that over the years. Uh, not necessarily the spread stuff, but we're willing to do anything to move the ball, to score whatever the case may be. And again, I can't emphasize enough how important it is that the kids at Northbridge have responded to what we have done. You know, it's always fun to win. We right. know that. <laughs> we know that. And I think part of the fun over the years is we've consistently continued to win. And so we get the players that we need to, to, to win. And uh, winning breeds winning. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, another you know, part of that, we were talking about, um, the Northbridge being a throwing team. Um, and obviously, I don't know when I was growing up in the Northbridge program, there was this, um, you know, the lore of, uh, the, the Northbridge QB. And, um, I don't know. It was just interesting. Maybe it's cause we threw the ball so much, but it was just, um, it seemed like, you know, uh, I don't know. It was like a legend of uh, Ken Loshbell breeding his qu quarterbacks and then, you know, having them in top shape by the time they were ready to be a starter. And I don't know what it was, but maybe you could talk about, you know, what your relationship with QBs has been. Well, this this goes back to the early years of coaching, yeah. uh, to the uh, realization that, let's face it, and it's that way right now from the college to pros, the quarterback is very important. Yeah. Uh, especially when you do the things that we want to do. Right. And um, it goes back to at, I started an intramural program. And I want to tell you, that's been the re as much the reason as the success we've had is the flag football that we ran on Saturday mornings. Yep. And the best part about it is the, the players coached the kids. Yep. Now, going back that far, I was – actually I directed it and, and I was part of the, the intramurals so I was running it at that time so that was my first inkling to seeing young kids play the game yeah. throw the ball and let's face it in flag it's not a running yeah, you attitude you have to throw the ball so that was just the beginning of, of realizing 
gee, that third grader, he can throw. Oh, I got a fourth grader who can throw. I got a fifth grader. And it goes on and on and on. And, um, and so, uh, and again, I was a teacher in the elementary school my early years. I saw these kids in phys ed class. Yeah. Right now, I have a, my son teaches down at the elementary school. Yep. And uh, we've had teachers teaching at the high school. So we have okay. kept an eye on everything after all these years. Yep. We have, for the most part, uh, a quarterback picked out from grade 7 on. And now Pop Warner is, uh, uh, is, is being played between Uxbridge and Northbridge. It's a combined team, um, uh, youth football. And uh, each class has their own uh, their own quarterback, and it's important. Yeah. And uh, we put a lot of effort into uh, the quarterback. And you were a perfect example. You played in eighth grade, you ninth grade, yep. and then from the JV and varsity. So we bring and them I along. On, and I was on Saturdays on the flag football as well. And there you go. <laughs> so you were part of all that, and yeah. it's, that's why it's important. In some ways, you kids have already started giving back. But um, the the quarterback position in football is is the key, yeah. even in high school. And so when you know who they're going to be, and the other thing is, uh, we have experienced kids who've run the same thing for the la- for yeah. the three or four or five years they've been there, and we continue to do that. Yeah, and um, I think what also made um, the the performance like was. I think the performance of the QBs across time has also been your ability to kind of coach each individual case, depending on who they are, the right way. Um, and not just QBs, but also players. I mean, um, we spoke to how you had have a big family, but I think that, you know, coaching is not only just coaching your players, but also you get that from being a parent and helping them and, and whatnot. It's it's essentially a different form of re- relationship. Um, and I think that that's what really um, gives you the advantage when you have that experience. And uh, I just remember having a good relationship with you and that definitely helped, you know, our back and forth and be able to um, succeed on game day or what, what have you. Uh, there, there's no doubt. I, I agree with that. It, it's a relationship that, that you develop. And again, in the case, my case is I am a little closer to the quarterbacks because uh, we're, we're in constant contact all the time. But that's that's important everywhere. Uh, and But you go back and when I think what's also important is your relationship to the younger coaches. When Coach DeMation yeah. was doing the freshman and yep. sometimes the eighth grade and and, and, and those young coaches, and they know what we need to have. They know what we want as we're – so we, we develop the quarterbacks, and we have a lot of faith in them. And, um, and I like to think that uh, as time goes on, even when you get to be a senior, I, I wish I could remember exactly, but I'm willing to take any senior's opinion with my quarterback on things they want to do, what they feel comfortable doing. And, yeah. and again, that's part of the relationships. That's part of the confidence that maybe a coach and a player has with, from each other. I remember me just being someone who was, I don't know, I guess – not very mature at the time. Um, just very, um, you know, I wanted to know every reason why we're doing X, Y, and Z. And sometimes when you're a coach, we got to get reps in, we got to do whatever. And I'm trying to like say, no, why are we doing this? And you know, I would always be a little bit, um, fiery, just like how you were saying you were when you were in, um, 
you know, <laughs> seventh and eighth Absolutely. grade. Absolutely, understood. Um, so it's just interesting though, because I remember, you know, just uh, having those back and forth, and it's good. I I appreciated that because you know, ha- having a common ground where you can kind of understand um, each other is important to to get a good sense of what you're doing instead of just saying, okay, that's why you have to throw it there. Um, but, and then if you have more questions, you, you might want to ask those, but sometimes with a relationship that's kind of one sided, you're not able to. Absolutely right. You're right. You're right. Uh, but the, you got to remember one of the important things is that, you know, when I dealt with you as a junior and a senior, you had already been a quarterback for two or three years. Right. You were getting some input from some younger coaches, which is what we want, which yeah. we like. And, and again, part of our job, part of my job because you're in such the important position is to make sure that I got a guy who has some confidence. Yeah. You know, and once you get that feeling, I got a guy who's confident and I felt you were an outstanding passer. You could throw the ball well. And so part of my job is to make sure that I'm going and using your strengths. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and that's why, yes, I have a handle on each one of my quarterbacks coming and I got better understand their strengths, but more importantly, I got to understand them. Yeah. You know, and I want to create quarterbacks who aren't afraid to say, coach, let's try this. I don't. There are times when my mind is set. I'm good. But I even, uh, you know, I'll take information from anybody and uh, I'll listen to it. If it sounds good, we'll do it. And for, I don't care if it's a, uh, a junior quarterback or even a sophomore quarterback, although they tend to be a little on the shyer side. But yeah. as you get to be that senior, having played that position for five years, I want a confident senior. I want someone who I can throw out there, and if you have to make a decision, make the decision. Yeah. And I think we've had guys who can do that. That's why we've been successful. Yeah. I mean, can't argue with that. I, I always ha- have that mentality. If, you know, you do what, you know, when you're confident about maybe a throw that's a little bit harder than the other one, you're more likely to make that one that you, you know, that you feel comfortable with as opposed to one that, yeah, I'm not really sure about this. So, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's good. I'm, I'm happy to finally get some people. You know, like I initially were just doing my close friends, but you know, it's difficult to like gauge who would be a good guest. But obviously, you're, you're someone who knows. You know, is comfortable talking. You're out in front of the, you know, um, all your your players all the time just you know always having to have like a vocal presence so obviously well that 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 uh, didn't start off easy oh, really? but it's become easy over the years yeah. and, and again i think you're right i think you hit the nail on the head it's not that you speak in front of groups but you speak in front of your team and you get you get used to that and and you can see that as as sometimes even players get a little older uh, yeah. they have a little more confidence in standing up there and in, in, in front of groups in speaking. Yeah, yeah that that was um oh I remember for first when uh you know I was a freshman just starting out um with the team just like when you were first getting up in front of everyone, you know, that's intimidating a little bit. I don't know if other players had had uh had voiced that, but definitely just the I don't know what it was Northbridge football is something I don't know. Well, the you know, along that vein right there is, 
Uh, it's funny because when we pick captains every year, when you guys vote for them and the coaches pick them, it's funny because one of the things we might talk about, well, he's a quiet captain. He's the vocal captain. Right. And uh, he's the crazy captain. <laughs> and we have all those. And But then again, it's all those personalities that make something special. And you probably, as you guys gotten older and you guys get together, you, you, you probably can grasp it better now than you did at that point in time. And you're right. When you're a freshman, you got to stand in front of just, even your friends. It's not an easy thing to do sometimes. But again, the more you do it, the more confidence you get, confidence in, you get in, in your play, in just being around the people that you're around. Uh, I, again, that's part of just developing as a human being, too. And, uh, and, and hopefully that's one of those things you can take out with you when you go on to the next step, whatever that may be. Yeah, just... Yeah, exactly. Just finding ways to, you know, read and just develop confidence in each in each area. But but that's what's that's what I've always felt makes football very special. There isn't a sport where everyone has to work together so much all the time. Totally agree. Uh, all the other sports, they have their they have their strengths, their weaknesses, but there's nothing like football and. Again, uh, one of the things, sometimes the best thing I hear back from my guys, when I say my guys, the players, is how great it was, what a great experience it was. And uh, I even have guys continue to say how much they learned just being part of a, a team, a big team, getting along. There's so many variables in football. And, you know, like I, like the two things I was good at, um, two sports, football and baseball, the two positions were a pitcher and a, and a QB. And um, both ones, you know, you're you're kind of in control, but, um, you know, as much control as you can be on the football field. Um, But there's you are in so much more control in baseball. In football, there are a million things that could be happening and you have to react to them in a split split second. And you depend on each other to, you know, do your job. And and um, it's an incredible experience when you have a team that's all you know, working together and, um, you know, because, because like in football, you got, I don't know how many guys you have in your roster, but you know, for, um, for college, it's around 80, but you got, you got 80 other guys that are depending on you to do your job. And when you don't, you're letting down 80 guys, not to mention the coaching staff. And, And so it's, it's a huge accomplishment when your team does succeed and, um, it's that much better, you know? Well, this is why this is this is why it's important for everyone to understand that you're not always the reason you win, and you're not always the reason you lose. Right. And if there's a lesson to be learned, it's that. And let's face it, those are the qualities you're going to get take out to any workforce. I don't care if you're working with five people or fifty-five people. It's it. There's a lot of similarities with how you deal with people, what your expectations are and how you handle certain situations. And I'd like to think, football, you're right, you hit the nail on the head. Anything can happen in the middle of a play that changes. And I've always said judgment is the most important thing a player can have, whether you're a linebacker, whether you're a quarterback, or whether you're a receiver. And this is our job as coaches is to hope that we can account for all those things that can go wrong or can happen. And I think our kids have responded to those things over the years. And what you do if you respond in a positive way, I'd like to think it's success. Yeah. Now, 
we've got proof in the pudding. We've yeah. won a lot of games at Northbridge High School over the last 40, 50 years. And uh, again, all those factors that we have been talking about bring it all together in a nice little ball of wax. But And again, can't emphasize this enough, you are going to carry most of those qualities or situations out into life. Yeah, being being uh, able to succeed in a te- team atmosphere, um, being able to deal with you know a lot of different personalities, like you said, the the quiet, the 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 vocal, the crazy, all those different types of things, um, and being able to see succeed. That's just a big you know um, relationship puzzle. Trying to navigate that and all be on, under a same goal, and um, you know. It's definitely something that, you know, you look up to as some someone who's able to, um, you know, bring a group together because that's, you know, that's something that a lot. I feel like a lot of humans like we're we're built to be in groups, you know, we're built to thrive together. And um, it's it's awesome when you get some a group like that that is working together and, and doing well. Athletics must be doing something right because, and I say that, because all of a sudden we're hearing workforces, we're hearing administrators talk about my team and my coaches. Uh, And guess where that came from? Athletics. And uh, so let's not forget how important athletics, even though it might not drive our entire existence, it does influence us. And as far as a young athlete, Student athlete, Um, and you can better answer this because you're the closer than I am. I just remember how important athletics was to me. It made me get up in the morning. It made me get through school. So uh, for some reason, this society places a lot of stock in athletics. Yeah, uh, no, definitely for me, um, high school, that was my entire life. You know, that was all I thought about, you know, Um, and – and you know in college you know it was it was a huge part of my entire work like my week um and to speak to that point um employers a lot of them when i was you know searching for jobs near the end of college a lot of them were looking at you know i went to a good school but what they went they looked for when they came recruiting was for athletes at our school and not just someone who was good in school because they were looking for the aspects of a team player, someone who could work in group environments. That's how you succeed. And, um, I mean, exactly. The proof is in the pudding. We have, like, people do well in groups when they have a sports background. And, um, you know, it's always – I always am proud to put um, – you know, former QB on a resume because people are like, that's the ultimate leadership experience. That's something that shows that that person has worked well in a group and is able to work with a lot of people. So, um, yeah, no, sports has been an incredible experience for me. Um, and especially team sports, because obviously you can do tennis, you can do golf, something like that, where it internally you're competing but when you have to deal with all these variables, it, it makes a difference when um, you get in the workplace because every company, unless you're a one-man show, um, you're going to be working with a group of people. It's all about people. 
That's what it is. That's what it sounds like where everyone's going is how can we work as a group? How yeah. can we accomplish? Yeah, definitely. But um, <laughs> I think uh, so as far as um, Northbridge football goes, it seems like um, you have like now that you've been retired, you've been able to maybe have you put the same amount into Northbridge football lately or has it been um, kind of consistent or or how, how have things changed along the course of coaching at, at Northbridge? One of the things I've done as a coach over the years is keep it in perspective. Yeah. I continue to do that right now. Um, we just got back recently from Gillette and we had the high school coaches um, clinic down there. Okay. It, we have that every year in March. And you get to meet and talk to a lot of the guys that are in the same business as, as you are. And I can tell you that one of the things that I've been very consistent up through all my career is to realize that football has its place, even during football season. Yep. And we as a staff, I've done this for years, cause, and it goes back to family. Yeah, I mean, this may, but it does. Um, coaches who have kids of their own, coaches who have other things to do besides uh, football. In our case, football. And when we play a game on a Friday night, we don't get back together till Monday. Right. Okay? Uh, we don't do things on weekends. It would be a very rare, rare occasion to do that. Well, in speaking to a lot of the coaches over these years, and I know quite a few throughout the state, um, they continue to have Sunday staff meetings. Uh, they may do something else on Saturday. And I think one of the things is, is that's important, it's been important for from, from my existence and for my longevity, is keeping everything in perspective and not making it. Uh, this is the only thing in life. Yeah. I love football. Right. Uh, I love calling plays for football. Yeah. And I've got a few coaches who love football too. But they also want to be able to do some of the other things. So we don't get obsessive about it. Uh, I got guys who work hard and prep for it, and they may do a little more work watching film now because films come very easy to 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 watch with huddle, especially. Right, yes. Even I'm watching more film now yeah. than I ever have before. Um, but uh, we want to make sure that we don't make it so that it, it, it's not fun anymore. And that that word fun when they all come together and if you think about the team once we get into our season uh, the pre the preseason we work hard we we put in the time we have to but once the season starts if you can recall back we'd have a friday night game and then monday we didn't even practice we would just be watching film yeah and uh, i've always felt that was another key for us is make sure that your players are healthy for friday night yeah, You know, and, and again, that comes with two things. One, minimizing the contact you have during the week. But realizing after you play a tough Friday night game, you got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to re recover. And so then we go into our routine of Tuesday through Thursday yeah. getting ready, and it's proved to be fine for us. So, uh, again, keeping everything in perspective, realizing when you have to put in the time, and, again, and convincing the players that's enough time. That's all we need to prep for a game. And, yeah. and it's been successful for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, having that, you know, Monday, you know, it's crucial, you know, to watch the film. And, and, and I feel like that was a good schedule for us. 
Um, but you mentioned play calling. I think that was, you know, I always noticed that was your favorite thing. And it always has been, uh, it seemed like. And uh, it's always awesome to see, like, you would uh, come into the weight room or something on a, on a more or like you'd have a scheme that you came up with. Uh, and uh, it was always interesting to see what you have installed. And and that's something you can't really control if it happens on the weekends or not. You just wake up and you got a new scheme, you know. So. Well, that's 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 the that's one of the fun things I like. Exactly. And, and, and you also do understand. And I, I'm sure it happened during your time there that I would spend a lot of time prepping something, then not use it in a game. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, I think, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> and but I'm a very impatient person. And, and that's reflected in my play calling uh, much of over the years because of my again, that's a personality. Yeah. And I, I guess if you're going to go against an opponent, whether it's an opponent a coach or something, you do want to get into their head. And if you realize that I'm impatient, I'm not a 10-play drive kind of guy. Yeah. So my play calling will be reflected in that. Let's let's get it going quick. <laughs> let's get something going here. Um, but, uh, yeah, play calling, is that's the fun part. Yeah. And, again, think about all the sports out there and think about coaching any one of those. Football coach has more influence on a game play-by-play. Play. Think about it. If we run 50 offensive plays, either me or even you as a quarterback get to call a couple plays. I know it's happened with my guys. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Every play you are calling something that's going to impact that. And believe it or not, and people used to couldn't understand why I would get nervous before a game. Well, it was almost like playing because I felt it was important that I call a good game. Yeah, and I know that I got Coach Falconer who's calling the defenses right now. I know it's the same thing. He's making a call every single play, every single defensive yeah. play, and his play is going to influence what happens. So, right. and, and when you think about basketball, yeah, you call timeout, you call something. For the most part, they're running up and down the floor. Yeah, and in baseball, you might be calling a pitch, but you don't know where it's going to go, and yeah. and so. Football, again, back to – I hate to keep going back to it, but it's very unique in that sense also. Yeah, you know, because like you said, 50 plays, that's a lot. Whereas, like, say, baseball, you know, you, you may call out, uh, you know, a play once every inning or something like that. Yeah. So it's just – yeah, that's that's a good good way to put it. I mean, you're so invested. You're so, you're so invested. I will say this. The one commonness between uh, all coaches and, and is – you do most of your work. Your most important work is done during practice. Yeah, that's very important. And, and not that again, you 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 are influencing with each play call, but much of that play call was ha you had to prep them during the week. Uh, the other thing that I've enjoyed very much is I love practice. Yeah, I've always loved practice. I, I've always felt it was important, and I've always liked to be at practice. Uh, sometimes someone is saying to me. Uh, you know, you're going to keep doing this. I get that from my fellow uh, coaches out there. Yeah. How long are you going to keep doing that? And um, it's hard to stop something that's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a good habit. You, you just, you know, when you get into a habit, it's just a lot of fun. I've been, the other thing I've been very lucky about, not only having great players, uh, I've been fortunate to, to coach my kids. Yep. And that can be good. That can be bad. It turned out okay. That's and good. now I'm dealing with my third grandchild. And that can be fun, too. And, uh, uh, again, it, it, it can have its hazards, too. Uh, and I'm sure anyone can imagine what those could be. But um, 
that keeps keeps this situation going on and on. It's just that's yeah. another fun part. No, that's interesting um, because a lot of people, you know, um, you know, I feel like your coaching style is is somewhat of you know you're gonna tell them like it is and 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 that's how you're gonna learn and whatnot and that and they can expect that um if you're a grandchild of that's your grandkid they can expect the same thing type of deal where this is how you got to do it and everybody sees that you're very vocal and it's um i feel like that would be an easy culture to kind of get your hands around you know because you've seen it seen everybody go through it and everybody knows this is coach Lash. this is how he coaches his players well yeah and i think maybe that's another reason you you probably hit on a good point there is and again this is i had mentioned earlier that i've had a few superintendents and, uh, and other ads ask you know wh- how what you do how you do and again it's back to that getting people that you can count on getting people who are going to be there uh, Consistent. and, and consistency yeah. and, and being there. And the other thing is, whether you like me or not, you know what I'm bringing to the table because right. I think we've been consistent yeah. over the years. Yes. You know, and so I think that in itself is is pretty comfortable. Right. The other thing that, and again, a little bit of proof in the pudding, is we don't have a lot of kids who just come out as a senior or junior. Right. Uh, I would say that 90% of the players who've come through Northbridge, who I've coached over the years, have been with the program since 8th and ninth grade. And that becomes important. Again, that's back to some consistency. Uh, you know, we're not changing coaches all the time. Moms and dads can, if they're going to allow their sons to play or not play, at least they're going to know from a coach's perspective what kind of person is there. And uh, even though it's not always been perfect, we've had some uh, crazy issues that have happened in the past. We've been very transparent. Right. We've been we never tried to hide anything. Yeah. And again, realizing that it's not perfect. Uh, we're still dealing with uh, individuals. We're still dealing with teenagers. Um, but at least they know that we're going to be pretty straightforward. We're not going to hide anything. Yeah. And when you're when you're a high schooler and you come into that program where you you've known that this coach has been here for the for a long time and this is how they run things and you know i think it's a lot easier to kind of um you know control that and 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 establish a good understanding in that sense um but one other thing i wanted to um talk about was kind of and this kind of goes along with what we were saying about dealing with different people um, is kind of your ability to be able to do that is create that, you know, um, understanding with a lot of different types of people like we talked about. Um, and I guess one um, question I'd have is how do you, how are you able to understand each person at an individual level? And I guess what, because what you're doing is kind of getting the best out of each person based on who they are. Um and it's a really important thing. I mean, every person has to deal with that. Every every parent has to deal with that. I mean, they're dealing with someone growing up, maturing. And you've been doing this for a long time, just essentially coaching teenagers and, and dealing with them. Um, what's kind of been, what maybe what's some advice or what's um, something that's worked for you as far as dealing with people like that? 
Uh, that's a good question. And sometimes you don't think about it. You just do it. Yeah. Um, you know, when I think back of my whole career, even in high school, I was a playground instructor. That was the okay. big jobs back then in, during the summers. Uh, I told you about my first uh, uh, dealing with kids coaching at the age of 15. Right. right. And um, I just think sometimes uh, as you move along, you're picking up little pieces here and there. But a lot of times it's how do you deal with people? And I don't think that's any different than anywhere else. And one of the things that's important to get the most out of an athlete is having an understanding of what their abilities are or you get a handle on what their right. abilities are and a little bit about their personalities. Do we get them all right? No, we don't. Um, but the ones who stay with us, uh, we seem to be able to get a handle on, on what makes them tick. And also keep in mind, we are dealing with something they love also. Yeah. You know, when you're teaching in a classroom, if, it, you know. Uh, it's maybe more difficult. It's It can be more difficult, without a doubt. Because if you're a science, if you're a physics teacher, you've got kids who are taking fixes who don't want to yeah. be there. And yeah. so in some ways, they have a somewhat of a bigger challenge. Uh, in my case, all those kids want to be there. Yeah. And although I, I did face that in physical education, not everyone wanted to be there. I still had to deal with that. And that can be very difficult. So I will say it's a little easier when someone wants to be part of what you are doing. Yeah. And uh, but uh, each year, each personality, uh, you know, when I think back uh, as I'm sitting here right now, I might be flashing some names of former players I had and what they had to offer. Yeah. And, and in most cases, they either had a, a big personality uh, they had an edge to them. Uh, they had an attitude about them. There yeah. was something about them that makes sticks in your head. So yeah. it, it, as far as the kids go, we've got to find out what makes them tick. What? And again, it's not like you, you know you got a chart here and you do that. It's just dealing with these kids year after year. And again, uh, kind of fortunate. I don't coach the sport alone. I have other right. guys who, and you know what? In some ways, we do the same thing as a coaching staff that we're talking about the team. Exactly. We meet as a team. We talk about players. We talk about their personalities. Yeah. And some people might have a better idea of how to handle it than me. Yeah. And we let them do that. That's what we do pretty well. Yeah. It's not it's just me. Part. It's it's all my other coaches. And, again, that comes from them being with me. Yeah. Uh, Coach Falcon has been there 17 years. Coach yeah. LaChapelle has been there 17 years. Demasian, 20 years. Yeah. And we had Coach Richards for 17 years. Yeah. Coach Mills is going on 12 or 13. Right. Uh, when you start talking like that, not every high school staff can do that. Not every high school staff. So what now what you have is they know me. I know them. And, and so... Uh, by working together and having better understanding of each other, we trust each other. Yeah, we trust them. One of the things that uh, I like to think, the other thing I like to think I've done fairly well is I allowed the other coaches to coach. Yeah. When I first started coaching in 1976, that was my first head job. I did special teams. I did the defense. I did the offense. That was crazy. Yeah. As time went on, I realized I don't have to do all those things. And as time even gone further, and we're talking now, I don't even pay attention to the defense. Right. They, I have so much confidence in those guys. They do a great job prepping our kids. I don't need to worry about those things. Now, sometimes, it, you know, a lot of head coaches, they got their, their fingers on everything. 
I don't need to because we've got good people. So that comes with the football sense. It comes with dealing with the kids. It comes with dealing situations that happen in school because I have coaches right. there. So uh, I got. I'm pretty lucky. And that's why, yeah. <laughs> and that's why those coaches meetings are crucial because there may be some people on the defensive side that you know they need to talk about, and then you'll learn more about them that way. And that, but yeah. But that's what a good team leader will do in yeah. terms of, and again, go back, take it Dele- with you to delegate. the workforce, yeah. delegate, yeah. let people have confidence. And, and even if you're given an assignment at your job, you're given an assignment, you have to prove your worth. Right. You know, and, and, uh, and, and you're going to feel different about somebody if you, if, if you feel they have confidence in you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as, you know, you were, um, you know, the, uh, physical education coach at Northridge, um, as well as the head coach. Um, you also did some, when I was in uh, Northridge, you did some softball. I coached softball for yep. 17 years. Yep. Yep. Oh, 17, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, and it was like broken up, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, but, but now obviously you're tired. Um, you do like to do some, uh, you know, woodwork or uh in building and building right yeah i i'm a project guy when project, someone says yeah. what do you do now that you're retired and my best way to explain that is a project yeah i do woodworking uh made a lot of friendship for the family yeah and uh and uh i've made stone walls i've done yeah. patios and additions to my house but it's all family right <laughs> i there have never made a penny matter of fact i every project costs me money no matter where I do it, but uh, it, it's what I do, and it's yeah. how it started uh, in 1970. I got married in '69, yep. and uh, the only way we were going to get a house was whether I built it or not. There you go. And though in 1973 I built a log house, like Lincoln Logs, yeah. and uh, didn't know anything about it, right. but it was just one of those things, necessity. Yeah. It's how we were going to get it. So, uh, so that started being a project kind of guy, and so the woodworkings come. And uh, uh, it's just I've learned it along the way. Nice. And the other thing, I don't know if you know, that I love to do is play the piano. Oh, really? Yes, I do. How many? You've been doing it for a long time? Well, go back to those St. Peter's days when oh, I was a little shit. Really? Uh, I used to take piano lessons, but I wouldn't go. Oh, uh, right. I had a nun who would rack my knuckles yeah. to the piano. <laughs> oh, uh, but that was my first part in there, and I cursed my mother and father all the yeah. time. Then I took accordion lessons after that. and okay. uh, But over the last 25 years, I got back into it because I had at least the start. So to this day, I actually, instead of curse my parents, I thank them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I play the piano for my own entertainment, uh, but I do love to play the piano. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I took the lessons when I was little, but yeah, I I haven't, you know, in a while, but that's definitely something that I'd be interested in. Um, but I've actually did a little bit of woodworking too when I was in college, just like trying it out. It's interesting. It's totally different um, that, that I'm picturing it from, you know, a, you know, a coaching environment, anything like that. It's, you know, it's very just, you know, your own thing. Obviously, if you're doing a big project like a house, you have a, you you're working with people, but um, it's just like a totally different aspect of you know the hobby. Well, it is, and and again, uh, I hate to keep going back to this, but it was more on necessity. Right. I built off the 
my we needed a kitchen table. I built yeah. a kitchen table. We needed a hutch. I built a hutch. Right. And again, uh, at that time, we were just married. We had two kids, and we couldn't afford to go out and spend. So yeah. um, again, I not that I was forced to. I wanted to do it, uh, but it 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 became a much more of a positive than sure than a negative. And yeah. as time went on, and you pick up a skill. You you learn a, a different way to do things, yeah. And uh, and so even on my at my house, uh, we have I have a barn with a workshop in it. So right. sometimes it's kind of nice to yeah. put a fire in the and just go out there and, and exist, and listen to the radio, and right. work on a project. And uh, yeah. it's 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 fun. It's a hobby for some people. It's a ho- my case. It's a hobby. Right. For some people that hobby might turn into a business. Uh, never interested me in right. doing that. You know. I got twenty bucks in my coffee in my pocket, and I can go for coffee and breakfast. I'm happy. I don't need. I don't need any more. Yeah. Pretty simple. No, yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I I like the um, sense of accomplishment you kind of get. Like you said, projects. It's like, um, yeah, it's out of necessity. Say I need this or that, um, but I'm sure it also, you know, you get that sense of accomplishment. Maybe you're helping out somebody else. That's another way, you know, you kind of get that. That that that's a good hobby, in my in my opinion. We are on this earth for such a short time, yeah. and and again, you hear from all different angles, all different aspects of life. Try to be as positive as you can. Try to be as helpful as you can. If nothing else, at least within your family. Yeah. And uh, you know, just these are just one of those things that keep you going. Right. Keep you going. Keep you moving forward. And and I think sometimes I'm more impressed with people who have can do a multitude of things. Yes, I totally agree. Multitude. I and you know uh, I would encourage every athlete out there to take an instrument. Yeah. Uh, learn what to do. Learn how to fix a lawnmower. That's not one of my strengths, but <laughs> learn how to uh, deal with a small engine. Yeah. Little things like that. No, I agree. Um, having that broad experience kind of gives you perspective on. You know, maybe what's important or maybe what you really like. Um, but what it helps you with is the ability to adapt, maybe learn something new because you have experience from a lot of disciplines. Um, that's what has really changed lately. I feel like everybody seems to specialize. But, um, but I mean, I enjoyed the fact that I was able, um, you know, in high school to not focus on uh, one thing, one sport, one hobby, you know, able to spread things out. And, you know, it's been I think I've definitely um, benefited from the ability to have experience over more things. You know? It's important that you be versatile Yeah. and versatile in your sport, versatile in in life and just be be flexible and yeah. uh, be willing to pick up something. new. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, you know, it's, and like we were talking about uh, with, uh, we may have talked about it off, um, you know, not recording, but we were talking about um, how the new age of, you know, the internet and whatnot, the ability to do a bunch of different things. Um, For example, this podcast, something that is, you know, now a hobby for me um, is something that. Um, wouldn't have been able to do if it weren't for that. There's a lot of different things that, you know, we're able to do. So taking advantage of that, trying something new, getting, getting a skill, 
it took a while to be honest to get all these um my handle on how to do this stuff but because i never did any broadcasting well hey i never did any woodworking until you start and uh, but again you you, you're out there looking for things you like to do right things you want to do things you're good at and somewhere along the line it, it, you know, it starts as a, a, a wide bottom and it comes to like the old pyramid, comes to a point at some point in time. So yeah. uh, you got to keep striving. You got to keep looking. You got to keep having fun, whatever you do. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm having fun doing this so far. And then um, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Um, I, uh, I'm always, you know, always watching, you know, Northbridge, especially you guys. Um, and I was, uh, happy to see you guys, um, uh, win a state championship. That was, must've been awesome. I didn't get to make it, but, um, you know, to give the opportunity for those kids to go to Gillette and, and finally, you know, win a state championship. We, we didn't get the opportunity when I played, um, to go to the state tournament. Um, but I'm sure that was a huge accomplishment and, and it was uh, amazing for the players and the coaches. Well, obviously, you guys didn't have an opportunity because it didn't exist. Right. And uh, and so the timing was pretty good for us to do this. And um, obviously, we were very proud. But then again, I've been proud of many teams. Right. Um, you know, I, I really have. I mean, uh, you've experienced success here at Northbridge. And, yep. and uh, it just makes me feel good that a lot of the players – had a positive feeling about us winning that, knowing they didn't have the great opportunity to do that. And there were many teams that could have had a run just like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, But I do appreciate the fact that I have not sensed any jealousy in some of my former players about they didn't have the opportunity, just realized the times were different. Yeah. And I'd like to think that uh, people like yourself who played at Northridge still taking pride Oh, when yeah. we when when we win or, or and when we're successful, it was amazing. To, uh, you know, we, I actually remember we were. Um, uh, I think it was a Saturday. Uh, it was the game. Yeah, Saturday we were. Uh, it was we were helping out with uh, Tim Lebris, uh landscaping company, just uh, doing um, lawns, and and we all had our earphones in listening to the broadcast, like. Oh, they scored! Oh, and it was uh, it was awesome because we, we, one, we were jealous, but we were also so happy because you know I understand that you know it's a, it's like you said you know it's a family and um, and it's really it's really cool to see that and um, uh, a lot of people try to compare like it's crazy how how much we go back and think about the different years and and some people try to compare and and obviously there's records that get broken and whatnot and all that crazy stuff but um you know i see that with like um people try to compare the best quarterback in the nfl of all time and the greatest nba player of all time it's it's hard to make comparisons and the one thing that we take away from you know northbridge is like we just we're happy to be a part of it and we're you know we're we're a part of it now so we can enjoy it you know uh, I've always gotten a lot of satisfaction out yeah. of that, and and again, I, I, I maybe it was off uh, before we got really got started. Though I do appreciate when kids come back and have a positive statement about their experience uh, yeah. here. But we as coaches have identified this, and I know we probably say it once or twice a year. 
you will remember more about playing high school football than you will a lot of other things you did in high school. There's just something about that time you're at an age when you're growing. You're an age when you're really developing as a, an individual, more so. It, you know, when you think of that 15 to 19 or 14 to 18, whatever you take it, and uh, it, it becomes a very important time. And I've had many a person, I've even had people come back and I've, who I tried to get to play football years ago yeah, and didn't say to me, oh, <laughs> I wish I had played. And, and again, part of it is not, I think part of it is because football is, is just such a, it's a big icon in this country, right. and right. even in high school, it's it's big time. It's it's there's something special about it. I it, everyone can describe it any way they want, but I'd like to think more kids had a positive than a negative experience playing. Yeah, and and um, and you know I totally agree with the way it, it gets remembered. Um, those memories stick out because um, you know the emotions that you go through in a football game. The emotions you go through as a team, the amount of time you spend together, um, all those things factor in. And that's the first, that's one of the other things I wanted to talk about is one of the first exposures that a kid, a teenager has to something that's, that's really big because yeah, you're growing up, you're learning things, you're, you're making friends, but you're never really a part of something really big. And that's what Northbridge football is for a lot of teenagers that grow up from Northbridge and, um, and that's what sticks out. I feel like that's what's really the significance of it. Um, and it's it, it's exposure to something outside your household. It's something. Okay, um, this is a big. This is something big that I'm I'm a part of now. So um, that that's really, you know, how it really sets in. And uh, it's always it's always going to be something you know that I think about. So. And uh, and I have you and a lot of coaches and a lot of players to thank for that. So we've all done it together. Yep, that's <laughs> the bottom line. Well, I appreciate you coming and talking with me. I had a great time, and uh, good luck to everything that's going on with you, as well as obviously Northbridge football, which uh, we can expect great things as always. Well, thank you, and also one other comment: I okay. want you to know. That as someone who played for me, and, and I, I, I continue to do this now as I did for you, your brother, I love to go to games uh, right. uh, who, who your kids have moved on and play at college. And uh, I've always been very proud of you guys doing that. And uh, there's a great satisfaction I have. Whether you play, you don't play, you're being part of that. And, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's always great to, you know, see the support from you um, at, you know, you know the my first start I ever had uh, as a sophomore up at Williams. You were able to make it, and uh, and uh, and then uh, the game between me and my brother when we were both playing against each other. So it was it was always good to see you come out and um, and and uh, and support us. So um, yeah. And Trust me, you guys have given me more positives than I could possibly yeah. have given all my players. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I do love to hear back from guys, and yeah. there's nothing better than seeing someone who's played for you. Yeah, and it's always good to catch up with you, and um, uh, always, like, on Thanksgiving, good to see you. I mean, you got, you know, your 20 grandkids <laughs> to deal with running around, but just stick around long enough, and you'll get a chance to talk to Coach Lash. So, um, 
yeah i appreciate it we gotta uh, catch up more often but absolutely tom yeah. thank you very much All right, guys, that was the interview with Coach Lash. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I was really excited to get Coach Lash on the podcast. He was one of the guys who I really was, who I thought of when I was making the podcast, knew I wanted to interview him. He was a big role role model for me, was one of my favorite coaches, and uh, learned a lot from him um, through my career as a football player. Um so it was nice to talk to him and learn what he's been up to, learn some new stuff about him, and uh, got to catch up. So that was great. Um, please leave any feedback. I'd love to hear from you guys what you thought of the recent podcast. Uh, I've been spacing them out a little more lately. Got a few that I have recorded. Um, I'm about to go and get my finally get my jaw surgery pretty soon. And then I won't be able to talk that much, but uh, then I'll be back in a few weeks. And uh, it seems like I've been doing a podcast every other week, which has been good. Um, But yeah, definitely looking for more guests. You can um, find um, the InspireWire on um, any podcast app and you can reach out to me on um, Twitter at InspireWirePod or through email inspirewirepod at gmail.com or you can check out the website um the website is theinspirewire.org so thanks i appreciate you guys for listening and i'll see you guys next time